Welcome everybody. Thank you for listening. This is Hector, but most importantly, this is YT. Okay, well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, today I have a couple of topics that I would like to discuss with anyone that is listening right now. And one of them will be the nomination and confirmation, finally, of ACB, the notorious Amy Connie Barrett. There's been a lot of controversy over this process, over the confirmation of the judge at the end of the day. And that comes down to hypocrisy by our GOP. In reality, there's a lot of people that are argumenting that the GOP were hypocrites in 2016 saying that they were not going to uphold any judge, that they were not going to even have a hearing for um, the nomination that Barack Obama gave in 2016. And I have a little audio that I'm going to show you all about this topic in particular, because uh, let me say, I agree with you. They're total hypocrites. Now, do we not know that already? That is the question. These are politicians, people. They're hypocrites. They're not going to tell you the truth. They're going to manipulate whatever event they have on mind. So that way they can have their own interests on mind. Now, once you have that set on yourself, why are you still debating whether this was hypocrisy or not? It was hypocrisy. We know that already. So, let that point in. I am definitely more libertarian for the right, a little bit conservative, of course. But, yeah, this was hypocrisy, obviously, you know. They said in 2016, and I have a little video of uh, Lindsey Graham, Graham, I think that's his name, uh, talking about, put me in here if in 20, if at the end of Trump's or Ted Cruz's four year there is a vacancy we will not fill that seat because it should be the next president who filled that seat now that obviously didn't happen didn't it <laughs> and i mean it's obvious can we just please stop pretending that politicians are going to tell the truth it's not going to happen guys it's not going to happen they're going to lie to you so get used to it Okay, stop worrying yourself about a politician being honest to you. If there's one thing that you can believe from them, is that they're going to lie to you eventually. That's what you should actually go to, because you know they're going to lie to you. So, actually put that into mind, you know? Now, she was already confirmed. She was our new justice. She's in fact going to be using the chambers of our RBJ. So, some people mad about that. I can definitely see a comment. There was already people outside with this red hood, uh, red dresses and white hoods. I forgot the name of them. This comes from a little movie in a book. It's ridiculous, man. Just get over it. And especially one thing that I want to say. Stop pretending that you're so empowering your own group, your sex, your racial identity. If the first movement that comes into place, that is someone who you may disagree with politically, 
you are doing exactly the things that you are pretty much saying that they do against you. For example, they were saying that uh, that this judge was being manipulated by the interests of white men and the patriarchy. So you're saying that she's being a tool. How is that not sexist? Please, please tell me how that is not sexism against this woman. This woman right here, ACB, is a scholar, is a great mother, and is an example for millions of women in the world. This woman has reached the pinnacle of her career at a fairly young age. And not only that, this woman reached the pinnacle of her career while still being able to be a mother. Not only a mother, but a mother of seven, if I'm seven or nine kids, two of them being adopted from Haiti. Now, can we stop pretending that this woman is not in the interest or a representation of women empowerment? This woman right here is one of the pinnacles, one of the examples for the world of female empowerment. This is a woman that was able to keep her marriage, a woman that was able to keep her career, and a woman that was able to reach the highest position that any judge, any law practice, uh, practitioner can ever imagine, while still being a mother to such a huge family. Now, you may disagree with her politically, but please stop being a sexist and telling her that she's acting on the interest of other people, of male, instead of her just actually reaching the pinnacle of her, her career. Something that she deserves. Okay? Now, let's move that aside. Because I'm kind of tired of seeing that. Now, that she has been confirmed, I personally love it. I personally love origin originalism, and I love anyone that will be upholding our constitutional rights. Anyone that is fighting for the rights in our constitution and fighting to maintain those rights. Fighting for the First Amendment, for the Second Amendment. I love this with passion. Why? Because I know what it is to live without any of those rights. I know what it's like to live in a country that doesn't have a First Amendment, that doesn't have a Second Amendment. I know what it is to go in the streets to actually protest and then having an entire mob outside of where you live, all of them being armed, and telling you, you better shut up. You better shut the fuck up. Or we're going to enter. And we're going to do whatever we want. Have you ever had that? Some people in this country now have it. Because of Antifa. And some other movements going on. Around the country. They now know what it feels. And that is the reason why we have spiking sales of weapons in this country. 
If there's a conversation this year has, that definitely ended, was the Second Amendment. That conversation is done. It is finished, finito. Everyone in this country now knows how essential to their lives is to have a way to protect their families, their daughters and sons, and their household, their property, okay? It is essential. Now, when it comes to a First Amendment, for Jesus Christ, one of the oldest newspaper in the country was silence, completely silence, by social media, by Twitter. Just with snap of fingers, it was done. It didn't take a CEO decision. It didn't take a Congress to do it. It was a flex of power. It was a flex of power. It was a slap to the face of freedom. And no one can even give us the face about it. Because we don't know who did it. That's the thing. We have an entire corporation in here. And then once you want someone to be liable for what they did, they're like, oh, it was an algorithm. Okay. I understand how algorithms work. Now, I have also seen and watched and heard almost every single episode of the Joe Rogan Experience with the representatives of Twitter. Every single one of them, they say, oh, it's just patterns. So was it a pattern that Twitter saw in the New York Post and then decided to strike a single article that we know we now know how dangerously shocking for the Joe Biden campaign was. How disgusting what we found in that article was. And I will put whatever money on the table to say that this was no algorithm, put in quotation marks right here, this was an elaborate attempt to block information to the public that could, in fact, affect the results of an election. You know why? Because they let it happen in 2016. And that possibly, there's a possibility that that was, in fact, the reason why Donald J. Trump is now our president. That was going back to Hillary Clinton's email. Emails. Multiple emails. Now, going back to our rights and the Constitution. There are going to be multiple cases that are going to be presented, presented in, to the Supreme Court in just a few days. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of them is going to be about the Affordable Care Act. And... The other ones that are currently going on, actually, just today, the day, the day prior to her nomination, uh, to her confirmation, there was one in Pennsylvania that was asking about whether votes that were sent in ballots in Pennsylvania after elections will be counted. Thank God that was not. Thank God they say, hell no, 
Held to the no, no, no. How ridiculous is it that someone is advocating, taking it to the courts to say, Can we please count ballots after election day? No, dumbass! It's election day. They're obviously trying to find every single possible way to try to get more votes than their Republican Party. And now, don't get me wrong, I am not a Republican. I am not a Republican. I have attempted to work with Republicans, and it was disgusting. And then I said, I am not your little Hispanic tool, okay? For God's sake, they asked me to spy. And I'm talking about the GOP of Dallas. They told me, hey, can you go undercover to set campaign and tell us how it's going? I said, no, I'm not doing that. But yeah, it's just ridiculous, ridiculous. The amount of attempts that have come from the Democratic Party to try to erode every single institution that we have in this country. It came in 2016, after they lost the election. What was the immediate response? We need to get rid of the Electoral College. Immediately. Why? Because we lost because of it. There's no, there was no way that we could lose this election. We had a 97% chance of beating Donald Trump. In fact, I have it right here. Give me just one second. I'm going into all of my little things. I love having an iPad sometimes. 2016 U.S. presidential election betting odds from Real Clear Politics. Clinton, Democrat, 88.0% chances of winning. 13% chances of Trump winning. Crazy, right? Another one from CNN. Oh, so famous CNN. Political prediction market. Clinton odd rise again. You have Hillary Clinton's odd of winning the presidency rose from 78% last week to 91% Monday before election day. 91%. 91% chances of winning. Oh, that's my little dog. Sorry, everybody. Don't have a studio. My dog's still going around. Okay, but going back to thing, obviously, sorry, it wasn't 97%. Uh, I think I've seen it somewhere else that said those odds. But either way, 91% to 88% chances of winning. <coughs> we know that didn't happen. So why? Why? How is it possible that Donald J. Trump stole this election? It was Electoral College. Yes! It has to be. It's the Electoral College, everyone. We need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of it because Donald J. Trump won because of the Electoral College. You know who else won because of the Electoral College? You know who else? Obama. He won the Electoral College as well. Of course, he had a majority of the votes as well. So, kudos, Obama. But he also won the Electoral College, man. In fact, you won it twice. There was no problem back then, was it? Now, 
the Electoral College hasn't been always in favor of Republicans. If you go back to George Bush and Al Gore, it came down to one single state and one electoral vote. And that was Florida, baby. Which is actually going to be a little, little preface right there that I'm giving you because we're going to talk about Florida, actually, in just a few seconds regarding of ACB. Now, that case just won. That's how it can happen. Because people need to understand we are not a direct democracy. We are not. Thank God we are not. If you don't know about direct democracies, take a look at Venezuela. That's what a majority can do to your country. The majority of the country can destroy this country. In fact, a lot of people like to say, oh my God, there is a patriarchy of white male. Well, guess who are the majority of people in this country? White people. Do you want all white people telling you what to do in this country? Tell me. Because if you want a majority of the country to vote in a certain way, guess what? A majority of white people have actually, well, nah, not a majority of white people lean Democrat, uh, Republican anymore. But either way, you get my point. And not only that, it was first Electoral College, then it was, then it was the Supreme Court right now, and any, many others, but just trying to stick to the point. In 2016, Obama announced that he was going to he was going to nominate Supreme Court Justice. And in fact, he did. The Republicans said, no, sir. We are not taking that man. I don't blame you. I don't blame you, Republicans. That's your job. If you don't like a justice, you don't have to like them. Simple as that. Now, Republicans made a Huge mistake, honestly, that eroded from their hypocrisy on their excuses mostly when it comes to why they didn't have any hearings for Garland. Okay? I'm gonna play you a little video right now of those excuses. It's so dumb, honestly. It's so ridiculously. All Republicans have to say is just and Mitch McConnell kinda goes over them and some other people as well, I think is uh, one of the people from uh, one of the senators from Texas, I don't remember his name at the moment, but uh, I will tell you later. Um, pretty much given the right reasons, honestly, it's just like if we don't see this person, if this person doesn't meet our interest, that then we're not gonna give them a hearing, we're not gonna confront them, and that's it. But no, they wanted to play the card of. We are for the people. Well, now it's biting you in the ass, dumbasses. Okay, here it goes. And if the Supreme Court justice was denied next year, what would you do? Oh, we'd fill it. <laughs> Look to history. We haven't filled a vacancy created during a presidential election year in 80 years. You'd have to go back to 1888, Grover Cleveland in the White House to find the last time a Senate controlled by the opposite party of the president confirmed a justice in a presidential election year. Now, 
this is a good point for Mitch McConnell. Obviously, if you listen right there at the end, it says, in a presidential election year where there's a division in the parties, meaning the two branches of government are being controlled by two separate parties, that is fair in that aspect. However, you will see later on on this little audio that I'm showing you uh, some other things. Now, the other person that I really sa- that I said that has a really good point is Senator John Corning, his representative from Texas, who is actually in re-election today, uh, not today in this election. Uh, good to point out anybody that is paying attention to the election from Texas. Project Veritas just released a honestly tremendous video. I was shocked by it. It was a woman, literally given prices, money, and other things to voters to make them vote for the Republican, not the Republican, sorry, the Democratic candidate. It was disgusting. You need to go see it. Either way, uh, let's go ahead and continue. The people deserve to be heard, and they should be allowed to decide through their vote for the next president the type of person that should be on the Supreme Court. This is a reasonable approach. It is a fair approach. And it is a historical approach. Funny. (laughs) Honestly, I find it hilarious how similar this guy that is speaking right now is. Like in the way that he speaks. Um, His name is Senator... Chuck Gra- Grasley, Grassley. Honestly, I find it hilarious how similar his voice is to. Uh, what is his name? Chuck Schumer. So hilarious, man. Because they're honestly making the same argument. Both of them are making the same argument right now. So this is what I keep saying. It's just, and this is something that the GOP has done so many times. It came in the wall, which I will definitely want to talk later on. It came with immigration. It came with uh it came with attacking Iran. It came with our foreign affairs. It came with the uh tariffs on China. They just do such a terrible job of explaining their movements. Horrible job. I mean if you just think about immigration and the policies that were they were trying to implement, the one community that benefits the most with stricter Im- immigration laws are Latinos. We are the community that will benefit the most to have a stronger border security. Because it is our people that are being trafficked. It is our people that are being raped. It is our women and children that are being raped and use as mules, and use as sex slaves in that border. It is our people that are suffering. So who's that border going to be benefiting? Who who is going to be benefiting from having a stronger border security, from having systems and having hospitals, having facilities that will actually protect people more, that will actually give them the care that they need. 
Now, the GOP has done a terrible job to show their humanity. One of my best friends, Kiara, I was talking to her about these things. And the thing that she says that she hates about Trump the most is his empathy. The way that he shows himself. And I 100% agree with her. And I understand that. Because if there's one thing that the GOP lacks, is their ability to show empathy towards a community in need. That's something that they do. That may come from, I don't know, some, some of them don't have not experienced, you know, those same things. Maybe class thing, maybe a race thing. That, you know, you don't know how to show empathy towards those that do not belong to your race group. But either way, uh, it's just so ridiculous that they don't know how to communicate. These people need classes, man. Same with the GOP in Texas and border security. But either way, uh, let's continue. The president exercised his unquestioned authority under the Constitution to nominate somebody to this vacancy. But that same Constitution reserves to the United States Senate and the United States Senate alone the right to either grant or withhold consent to that nominee. Once again, let me say this. Good job, Senator John Corning. That was a good defense. You see, you didn't have to make up excuses. That's something that you need to learn how to do. Like a grown-ass man or an adult. Just don't make dumb excuses, okay? Excuses. Just say the truth. But obviously, these are politicians. So, what else can you expect? Now, this next one was the one that definitely was definitely a bite on the ass. It was just disappointing to watch, man. Senator Lindsey Graham, 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 something like that. This one will forever be a bite on the ass. Because it was just disingenuous, man. You know, you have to live by your words, but okay. I just want you to hear yourself. This is the last year uh, of a lame duck president. And if Ted Cruz or Donald Trump get to be president, they've all asked us not to confirm or take up a selection by President uh, Obama. So if a vacancy occurs in their last year of their first term, guess what? You will use their words against them. I want you to use my words against me. If there's a Republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term, you can say, Lindsey Graham said, let's let the next president, who it, whoever it might be, make that nomination. And you could use my words against me and you'd be absolutely right. You can use my words against me and you will be absolutely right. Oh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. Honestly, <laughs> I like the guy. I don't mind him. He did a great job when it comes to Kavanaugh. But... You can put this on a loop, and there's no way that you won't say, of course he lied. Of course he did. One of my proudest moments is when I looked at Barack Obama in the eye and I said, Mr. President, you will not fill this Supreme Court vacancy. Okay. So, yeah. There you have it. I mean, you're right. 
you're definitely right when they say, when anyone says that, oh, they didn't uphold their standards. They didn't. Simple as that. You can hear it right here. It's evidence. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. But what goes beyond that? Okay, they lied to us. They always do. But my point is that what are the significance? What is the significance of this Supreme Court nominee? And to end just this podcast really quick right there. Honestly, it's been almost 30 minutes. My point with this episode will be that this is a great win for conservatism. This is a great win for originalism. Maybe even for pro-life. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe not. I still don't know. But before I leave, I do want to make another point. And that is of the 2020 election. Now, this is not a normal election, people. This may be the most contended election that we have ever seen in our lives. Maybe in history. Honestly, I was trying to predict the map with a few friends a few days ago. And it's tough. It's really, really tough. I mean, it may be even impossible to predict who's going to win. Who knows? Because right now, if you check the polls, they all look like 2016. Almost all of them. Now, some, some of the 2016 polls were actually right when it comes to those swing states. They were close. They were very close. And... I have kind of like the swing states right here. No way we can actually take a look at that. For example, Michigan. Donald Trump won this state with 2 million votes, 279,543 votes. Hillary Clinton, 2 million, 268,000 votes, 839. People. That's less than 15,000 votes. Now, why did I say Michigan before? More electoral votes. Another place that's really important for this election. Pennsylvania. Donald Trump won Pennsylvania with 2,970,000 votes. To Clinton's 2,926,000 votes. Now, definitely a little larger margin. However, in Pennsylvania, there's one thing that people are not talking about. And that is the third-party candidates. Just on 2016, Johnson, 146,000 votes. Esteen from the Green Party, 49,000 votes. Ladies and gentlemen, that is... An election right there. Pennsylvania. Can be definitely taken away from either Donald Trump or Joe Biden by a third party candidate. Who knows? Maybe Kanye West will actually do it, everybody. 
Who knows? Then you have Wisconsin. You have Wisconsin with Trump with 1,405,000 votes to Clinton's 1,138,000 votes. Good margin in there, I will say. Better than Michigan. Now another state. And maybe, maybe the one that will tell us where this election is going. And that is Florida. Now, to be honest, I think Trump is going to win Florida. Last time, Trump won 4,617,000 votes to 4,504,000 votes. That's a lot of votes right there. I mean, it may seem like a smaller margin, but still, that's still 100,000 people in there. More than 100,000 people. Now, guess what? Third-party candidate, Johnson, 207,000 votes. Stein, Stein, 64,000 votes. Same case. Same case. Now, I was watching this today. Trump has pulled his money from Florida. That's interesting. That is definitely interesting. I was actually in Florida just a few days ago. I was almost, I was surprised, just as disgusted to see this, that I was seeing some Venezuelans for Biden. I almost throw up on the street, man. I almost threw up right in that second. I was like, ugh, my guts, my guts are telling me to spill this thing out. But yeah. Now. I honestly believe there is a possibility that Trump may lose one of the roast, uh, Rust Belt states. There's still a possibility. Uh, however, there's still a possibility that Trump gets some states. For example, New Hampshire. Trump has done well in New Hampshire so far. He could campaign a lot of movement over there. Trump lost New Hampshire by just 3,000 votes. Clinton, 348,000 votes. Trump, 345,000 votes. Comes down again. Third-party candidates do matter, ladies and gentlemen. Johnson, 30,000 votes. Steen, Steen, whatever. I don't know who this guy is. I don't care. 6,496 votes. Those are elections that were changed by a third party. Completely change. Now, there's a lot of talk about Arizona going Democrat this year. I mean, it's a possibility. I personally don't see it from the margin. That was one last time. But you never know. Trump, 1,252,000 votes. Hillary Clinton, 1,161,000 votes. That's a good margin. But once again, Johnson, 106,000 votes. Steen, 34,000 votes. That's, that's a change in margin. You can throw it one way or the other. Now, what was I going through? 
is this. What was my point? This election, there's still a possibility that ends in a tie. I mean, if you just go at it, Trump, Trump were to win Texas. He wins Texas. He wins Arizona. He wins Florida. Then it will come down to the Rust Belt. Now, once again, having Trump winning Arizona, winning Texas, winning Florida, winning Georgia, winning North Carolina, even. Even if he were to win Wisconsin, if Trump were to lose Michigan and Pennsylvania, Trump is down by one vote. One. Now, Michigan and Wisconsin almost go all the way. You know, once one swings one way, the other one just follows. That's kind of when your mom says, Si te tiras por un barranco, te vas a lanzar con tus amigos. That's Wisconsin right there. If you throw your if your if your friends throw throws himself out of a cliff, are you gonna follow him? Well, same scenario is gonna apply to Wisconsin and Michigan. Now, honestly, I believe that's where the election is gonna lie. In Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. That's the real one. Now, to be fair, I still believe that Arizona is a battleground. And I believe there's a possibility that New Hampshire is a battleground. And maybe just for luck, throw Minnesota as well. Trump has done a lot of effort in Minnesota. Now, once you think about that, the odds start to change a little bit. For example, assuming that Florida is just leaning Republican. Assuming that they're just leaning Republican. That's given Trump an advantage of 247 electoral votes to Biden's 219 votes. So yeah, this may very well go into into the Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen, and that is why we need it. Amy Coney Barrett in that in that Supreme Court. Imagine it is November third. Votes have been counted, and then it happens. One side is the current victory, and then the other side says no. There's still votes counting, and then afterwards they declare victory, and then, ladies and gentlemen, there is chaos. And the only people that will be able to control this will be, once again, the Supreme Court. Now, imagine we only had eight votes in the Supreme Court. God help us if we only had eight votes in the Supreme Court. Thank God we now have nine. And at least that scenario has been taken care of. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. It's been 39 minutes. 
this is the first podcast that I'm taking so long on it. So I'm kind of proud of myself right there. But um, hopefully I can keep continue doing this. Uh, thank you for listening to this. I know it may sound a little bit boring sometimes. Or you may just not like it. But it's the first time. So I really hope that um, if you have any advice for me, please send it to me. Um, my social media information is on Twitter is hcast22, H-C-A-S-T-22. On Instagram, that is hcastellano, just like my name. So just H-E-C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-O. Please follow me there. Podcast, you can find it on Spotify. Uh, not too long from now, it's going to be on Apple Podcasts as well. It is already on Google Podcasts. It's a really good one. I used to use it before. Pretty nice if you're using Android. You can find it at YT by Hector Castellano or Castellano. However you want to say it, I don't care. I'm not going to cry about it. But that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're having a nice day. Take care of yourself. <music>